This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme on the Friday of a bank holiday weekend and a, a weekend that seems to be all about Ed Sheeran when you look at in the papers today. Fabulous, fabulous photographs from the gig last night and the sun was shining yesterday and it looks like the sun is going to be shining again today for people who will be attending the second gig tonight. And I loved the line from Ed Sheeran when he said, Cork on a Thursday is more mental than Dublin on a Saturday night and it looks like Ed Sheeran really does love to play in uh, Cork and as many people saying he even brought the sunshine with him and then to hear as we were reporting on the news this morning that along with um, Aiken Promotions they've given tickets to the Ukrainian refugees the ones that are staying in the old convent in Botovant I thought that was just such a lovely lovely gesture and they're going along to the concert tonight and we hope that they have a lovely evening and it's a lovely distraction for them and let them just forget about the situation that they find themselves in for the couple of hours that they are at the uh, concert and seemingly while there was I think 35,000 people attending last night in Porky Cueve there was crowds gathered around the marina uh, there was also crowds all across Lower Glanmire Road the Millennium Garden and across Montanati because wherever, if you were anywhere close to Porky Cueve you were able to hear the concert you could sit out in your own back garden and enjoy the concert for free and I know where John Paul lives in the city he was saying he was able to hear every single song crystal clear and he's going to the concert tonight so he feels he got a kind of a double chance to attend the concert so enjoy if you're going along and I have to say my heart goes out to people who were there last night they may have spotted that some person threw their phone up on the stage somebody obviously was up very close to the stage threw their phone up on the stage and shouted up to Ed Sheeran would you take a selfie in front of the 35,000 people and give me back my phone please which would have been a gorgeous photograph to have had so good old Ed Sheeran being Ed Sheeran picked up the phone lined up the selfie pressed the button and the sign came up saying iPhone storage full and he had to hand the camera back oh wouldn't you be absolutely kicking yourself. I don't know who that person is but a number of people who were at the gig last night were uh, talking about it. 0818 103 103 If you went along last night I really hope that you enjoyed yourself and if you're going tonight it looks like you were in for a real, real treat and we are kicking off the May Bank Holiday weekend and it's great to hear that Cork Airport are predicting that passenger numbers for the May Bank Holiday weekend are good and of course they need to be good because the May Bank Holiday weekend 
weekend is a real strong indicator that the summer season has officially begun. And of course, Cork Airport, it's Ireland's second busiest airport. They're expecting to welcome more than 41,000 travellers across the weekend. And when you look at those figures, that's an 82% recovery on the same period in 2019, the figures that would have gone through in 2019. I mean... You know, considering what what went through there in 2020 and 2021, they had a really good Easter period, and so far the Eastern Bank Bank Holiday weekend has been the busiest holiday time for the airport. More than 60,000 passengers departed and arrived through Cork Airport over the Easter weekend. And Cork Airport say the figures show that people have a very strong appetite for international travel once again. So certainly good, good news for Cork Airport. And of course for people who are coming in to uh, Cork for this bank holiday weekend, so many big events. And a lot of the events of course will be weather dependent. We have the Ed Sheeran concerts that we've been talking about second one on tonight and then if you are a sports fan Munster they're playing Cardiff that's at Musgrave Park in the United Rugby Championships and of course good luck to Cork City they're playing promotion rivals Longford Town and that's in Turner's uh, Cross and then a lot of what happens across this weekend of course is weather dependent and weather wise I mean we've got gorgeous dry and a mild day uh, today uh, even though as we head into the evening time the temperatures are expected to dip and for that reason for people who are going along to Ed Sheeran tonight because it's an outdoor event the venue can get colder as the day goes on when the sun is shining it's gorgeous and I saw photographs on social media of young females and males heading into the concert and and many of them you know dressed for summer as it would have been yesterday afternoon and of course the mammy in me was looking at the photographs saying oh god I hope they have a jacket with them because they're going to need it for later on so if you are going along the advice is is to bring layers and I know Marie Tuig our news reporter was giving that same advice yesterday as well if you're going to yesterday's concert if you're going tonight just bring a couple of layers with you fine if you go up in the early afternoon and the sun is shining you'll be nice and warm but you know the temperatures are going to dive again overnight as they have been doing every night this week We've had really strong high figures up to like 17 degrees yesterday. Expected the same again today. But then the night times get very, very cold. And once we head into the evening time, it does get a bit uh, nippy as well. So a lovely day for today. So it looks like it'll be nice weather for the concert uh, tonight. There's a change tomorrow. There's a spell of rain moving in. And actually the temperatures are down tomorrow. We're expecting temperatures that could be as low as 9 degrees, 11 degrees, mid-teens, the highest we can expect uh, tomorrow, particularly when that rain arrives but the good news is that for the Sunday of the bank holiday weekend conditions look set to improve we'll have a cloudy start on Sunday morning but then it will be drier as we head into the afternoon and into the evening and it should stay mild throughout so not kind of a mixed bag weather wise but not too bad for today and for uh, Sunday I mentioned Ed Sheeran a listener says Patricia I have a 10 year old granddaughter who just loves Ed Sheeran but sadly she's not able to go to the concert I'd love to get her an Ed Sheeran t-shirt for her birthday which is next week but I don't know where to get one. Any suggestions, please? Thanking you from her nana. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can help out these, this nana. Has anybody seen Ed Sheeran t-shirts on sale? I mean, I saw a lot of young people heading to the concert yesterday wearing Ed Sheeran t-shirts, so they must be widely on sale. Obviously, they'll be on sale at the venue, but that's not going to suit this nana because she's not going to the concert and neither is the granddaughter. So has anybody spotted Ed Sheeran 
t-shirts on sale. If you can let us know, please, and we can let this uh, lady know. 0818 103 103. And we've been talking this week about the situation in hospitals and overcrowding in hospitals. And I, I also mentioned that it was a surgeon from Beaumont Hospital who reckons that nationwide there has there is more than 200,000 surgeries have been delayed over the course of the pandemic. There's going to be a lot of catch-up having to be done on that. But a number of people were talking this week about not being able to get in to see a loved one in a hospital and the problems and the heartbreak that it was causing. I and mean, we had one gentleman who contacted us from his hospital bed. He's in the in the hospital but his wife is also in another part of the hospital and he can't get to see her and he's absolutely heartbreaking uh, heartbroken and we'd other stories like that and you know and people were saying you know with COVID the numbers are falling all the time and people are vaccinated why are people not allowed into hospitals and hospitals will say they have to do everything that they can with ongoing infection controls and they're battling with that all of the time and if they get any kind of an outbreak in the hospital you know they, they almost shut it down completely here's a heartbreaking text in from a listener to say my mother is having life changing surgery this morning in Cork University Hospital she's having her leg amputated bless her heart she's 79 years of age and under no circumstances was any member of the family allowed in to see her before she goes down to surgery today we offered to have PCR tests done we offered to wear masks we offered to wear any kind of suits that they wanted us to wear for infection control the poor darling it's heartbreaking for all of our family we've now requested to speak with the managers and we're still waiting on a reply I feel empathy has gone out at the window and that these people seem to have no heart for my mother or for my family my poor mother this morning well let's uh, let's all think of your poor mum this morning and hope that it's a successful surgery and having a leg amputated is absolutely life changing but uh, please God she'll be fine, she'll recover quickly and you'll be able to get her home but it's just the situation that so many families are finding themselves in when they have a loved one. You see pre-COVID time family members would have been in in the lead up to that operation, would probably have been with her this morning before she was wheeled down to theatre would have been there they're waiting for her when she came out of theatre but of course that is all now gone because of COVID-19 and it's, it is really difficult really my heart goes out to you but let's think of your mum today and send her lots of positive vibes and for those that are good at the old prayers maybe say a prayer for this woman that everything goes okay and let us know please next week how she is getting on 0818 103 103 John Paul taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, cmig.ie. As we've been reporting all week, Fine Gael councillor Karen Coakley resigned from the party at last Monday's Cork Southwest constituency AGM in Domamwe. Karen alleged bullying and intimidation by party members in the run-up to the last general election when she was the running mate of Senator Tim Lombard. Neither of them, of course, secured a seat. Senator Tim Lombard joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Tim. Good morning. And uh, thank you for joining us on this. Now, Karen has declined our invitation to speak on the programme. She said she needs time uh, to uh, herself. Did her resignation come as a shock to you personally? Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, even though I speak to Karen on maybe a weekly basis, and I knew she was really unhappy with what happened in the general election. I knew she was really unhappy with the actual process that was put in place to try and get a resolution to it. 
I wasn't expecting Karen Coffey to make an announcement on that night. Um, and it did come to a deep shock to me. And look, back by it, I was taken back by her really passionate, wonderful speech she made on that night. And like, you know, sections of the, of the audience, which were a bunch of people who were give her standing innovation, you know, so it just showed you the level of support that she had within the membership as well. But um, yeah, I was totally taken back by the actual designation on the night. Okay, go back then to the election of 2020. Were you aware of the alleged intimidation that Karen was experiencing? I suppose the election 2020 was a really unusual affair. Um, Look, it all kind of kicked off in probably September 2019 when Jim Daly out of nowhere announced his resignation from politics five months before the election, which changed the landscape of our ticket. So we had to appoint a new person to the ticket. Something similar happened in 2011 when Kevin Murphy was added with Noel Harrington and Jim Daly. Um, we went through a uh, process and the national executive picked Karen Coakley and Karen Coakley was added to the Gale ticket. There was subsequently a petition put in place and that petition landed in Dublin in January and literally a few days later, we had a scenario that the general election was called. So the election was called on the 14th of January. And I was very much aware during that election campaign that there was huge issues in the West, in particular regarding the support that Karen Coakley was getting. So much so that I had sent people down from Ben Rooley, from Bandon, from Aliol, down to places like West Carthorne, Scullin, Skibbereen, to actually help her canvas, which was an unusual event to say the very least that hour running mate would send people from the east down west to give her Like, a you had a very good working relationship with her because not sometimes running mates don't always get on. We've seen that certainly in other constituencies here in Cork with other parties where you can have two candidates who don't even speak to each other. That wasn't the case with you and Karen. Oh, absolutely not. And look, that nice when I failed to get elected at all, Karen Coakley stood me with me till four o'clock in the morning with my family while there was very few around me. So, like, Karen Coakley has been nothing more than a lady to me and my family over the last three or four years. And that's why I'm so upset. That's why I'm deeply disappointed that we have a scenario that Karen Coakley is the second female Fine Gael councillor to leave the party in the last eight or nine months. And I think she's an awful loss to the party, to the organisation. And I'm delighted that she's staying in the council, but she is an awful loss to the Fine Gael organisation. And I think we have to learn from this. I think we really do, and we have to do more to learn. We have to act about it. I've spoken to Leo's office. Leo's actually away till next weekend. I hope to be him next weekend. I've spoken to Chairman of Parliamentary Party. I've spoken to Simon Harris, who was there. He had been, I was totally taken back by it. But even the leader, the Shannon, uh, Regina Doherty, raised at the Parliamentary Party meeting yesterday, or sorry, on Wednesday, about this issue. And, like, we cannot afford to have a scenario where we're losing people on disability because we failed to put a process in place that has delivered a suitable outcome for Karen Coke. No, and and it, was, it wasn't that some didn't want her on the ticket. The push was to add a third member, that person being the former councillor, uh, Noel O'Donovan. But surely having three on the ticket would only have diluted the vote further. Yeah, look, we all know that Fine Gael were, you know, in government for over 10 years. At that stage, the polls weren't great. We had a scenario that the more candidates you go in, particularly in a three-seater, trying to keep that vote together was going to be harder. Um, traditionally, it's very rare you'd run three candidates in a three-seater. The last time we did that, we were at 40, 44, 45% in the polls. We were half of that regarding this uh, this time round, or even less, actually, when it came to polling day. 
So running three candidates would have been a suicide kind of policy in so many ways because the actual vote percentage wasn't there. I think the majority of people were aware of that. Um, so it was about trying to add a third candidate or trying to move Karen or I'm not too sure exactly what they're trying to do. But the chaos and the actual ill will that was caused by that, you know, the legacy was we failed to gain a seat by less than 1%, just just over 500 votes. But whatever about that, the real issue here is that we've lost two really, really good uh, females. And Karen Hawkins, a pure lady, by Katie Murphy was another really good, potentially wonderful candidate with great history behind her. And she's and, K- K- Katie Murphy, who was cited by Karen in her speech, uh, has left for similar reasons, uh, and she's backed up what Karen has said. Yeah, and I think, you know, anyone who had any doubt regarding any deal issues when Katie Murphy broke her silence would show that there, you know, there is significant issues because not alone did one councillor uh, claim there's issues, but a former councillor came back from a retirement actually, you know, collaborate the actual story itself. And look, there's an old responsibility on me as a Rockless member that I have not in the constituency to actually get to the bottom of this. And I'm deeply concerned that as an organisation that has over a thousand members in West Cork that were all, you know, affected by this. And I think that's why I'm talking to you this morning, that's why I'm talking to the press, that's why I'm out meeting people to say there's no place in our party for these bullies. If you're a bully and if you're bullying people like this, there is no place in Fine Gael. And Fine Gael HQ has to root out these people and expel them for life. Yeah, because according to newspaper reports, Karen raised her concerns with party headquarters. I mean, do Party HQ have to answer on this and as to why her concerns weren't dealt with? I mean, we're two years past the election. So, it, you know, it's not that she jumped ship straight away. She was obviously trying to have her concerns heard. And look, I think Karen will talk to you in due course about the process she went through and who she engaged with. And I think, you know, that's a conversation that Karen will have with you really capably and honestly. But like for me, it's about how the party dealt with it. And whatever the outcome was, the actual realisation is now that nine months later we're down to down to councillors. I think that is a really poor reflection of how we actually managed this actual issue itself. And I'm deeply concerned by that. I really am, you know, because personally, Carol's a really good friend of mine. And I just think to have her actually out of Fine Gael now, like she's a former town councillor, former mayor of Skibbereen, like she's done it all over the years. And now she's out of the actual park circle itself. Is a unfortunately damning reflection on how we actually managed it. Morris is saying everybody involved in this should be ashamed of themselves in Cork South West. There was always two seats for Fianna Gael. He cites and remembers Jim O'Keefe and the late Paddy Sheehan. Uh, Michael Collins must be spinning in his uh, grave. And the fact, uh, Tim, that both are females. I mean, I was only reading in the papers today and I know we're hoping to do something next week with the National Women's uh, Council. They've come out with a really piece of compelling research which is showing that a number of female councillors are saying that they won't run in local elections in two years' time. Now, this is due to online abuse. I mean, we really need to need to work on what is going on in Irish politics today because stories like this will only turn off females from entering politics. I think Simon Harris in my office on one point before down to the AGM and he met um, two ladies that one came in to meet him, one works in my office and he asked him, would you get involved in politics? And, he, and both of them, without any prompts, said, oh God, no. And 
the real issue here in politics is um, women are kind of in the back room and they're very much involved, but they don't want to go to the front because they don't want to take the abuse. And the abuse is horrendous at times. And that is a real problem of how we're going to... And I don't have the answers here, but we have to find a mechanism that we can actually have people move away from the abuse that politicians, and particularly female, get. Like we saw the issue that the Fianna Gael and the Fianna Fáil uh, parliamentary party thinking there was a piece in one of the papers about what the female uh, TDs were wearing. Like that kind of crack is totally mm. old. It's like a different age. It's, pre- it's, pre- it's prehistoric. Would you dissuade if you had a female family member who came okay. to you and said, thinking of entering politics, would you would you turn them off? I have two daughters. One's 10, one's 11. I'd be horrified if they entered the game. Do you know? And I really would. That's, that's quite a statement in itself, Tim. Yeah, and I think, you know, and I've been involved in this, as you know, since 2003 and, what, nearly 20 years in it. And I love my job. And I just think in the last few years, it's turned into a cesspit in so many ways. And what I've seen now, particularly this week alone, has been just appalling, like, you know. And, like, I was sitting on the stage watching Karen Coakley make a speech. I was, the air went out of the room when she actually made a statement. You know, mm. and it just shows you what a powerful speech it was, but what a powerful character she is. You know, but um, no, I'd be horrified if Ellen and Cora came to me in a few years' time and think, Dad, what do you think? And don't get me wrong, my wife would say to you straight away, like, you know, this is a real personal game. You know, you're always on public display to some degree. But um, I'd be horrified if the girls were actually to get involved. You know. Listen, I have watched politicians for the 32 years that I'm doing this job and I've engaged with the likes of yourself and other politicians and I've said it on many occasions for all the tea in China I wouldn't do the job that you're doing because it really can be thankless at times but listen, we thank you and really appreciate you taking time out uh, to talk to us on the programme today Tim, thanks for that and have a nice weekend Thanks a million, bye-bye That is Fine Gael Senator for West Cork Tim Lambert 0818 103 103 Text our WhatsApp 086 2103 103 Cork Today on C103 With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale Now part of McCarthy Insurance They don't just talk the talk They walk the walk CMIG.ie And just on Ed Oh, before I go to Ed Sheeran there was a comment in on Tim Lombard Michael says What world is Tim Lombard living in the dogs in the street new the way in Coakley and Katie Murphy were being treated, Fine Gael will be a long time trying to recover a seat that they should never have lost, says Michael. Well, in fairness to Tim, when I did ask him, was he aware of what was going on at the time? He said he was, to the point that he sent some of his canvassers uh, to canvass for Karen, which shouldn't have happened, but because she was having such difficulty getting party members to canvass for her. So he was very, very aware of uh, what was uh, going on. Now, just on Ed Sheeran, there was a number, there was the listener who was on to us about her granddaughter, 10-year-old granddaughter, big, big fan of Ed Sheeran, not able to go to the concert, but it's a birthday next week. And Nana was wondering, wouldn't it be nice if she could get an Ed Sheeran T-shirt for her and was wondering, she hasn't seen any and was wondering where they are available from. Pamela in Carrick Tool said, sometimes pennies do one-off clothing, so try them. They might have Ed Sheeran stuff in, the fact that he is in Ireland and that he's in Cork, so pennies might be worth a visit. And then Molly in Charleville says that the Ed Sheeran website has a store where you can buy all sorts of Ed Sheeran merchandise. And there's a lot of items there. Now, I don't know how quickly... 
they get items out because bearing in mind this little girl's birthday is next week. Uh, so hope so that, that might be one avenue that the grandmother can go down. And somebody else says, good morning, Patricia. Ed Sheeran tickets were on sale on the way into the concert. She didn't have to actually go into the concert to buy them. So that might be worth if the grandmother knew of somebody going to the concert, they might be able to pick one up going in. But I'm, I'm assuming there'll be merchandise on sale as well. So thank you for people coming up with suggestions for that uh, lady. And then Michael, on the fact that we're talking about Ed Sheeran today, as indeed probably every radio station and TV uh, station. I know last weekend for the two Dublin gigs, huge, huge amount of publicity around it. Michael says, why, oh why, does this country go mental for these foreign entertainers? Every radio, every TV station promoting them when in actual fact they're only taking much needed money out of the country. Furthermore, there are far more important things for this than foreign artists. These, those supporters who are flocking to see and hear them are the very people that the government, i.e. the taxpayer, are helping to pay for their gas and electricity bills. That's a very sweeping statement, Michael. Uh, we here in this country have the best musical artists in the world. Why the hell are they not supported in the same fashion? They need far more than they needed far more than the foreign acts we need to support first. Well, remember at all of the Ed Sheeran uh, concerts, it's it's Irish artists and Cork. Denise Chyla, for example, she was kicked off the entertainment last night, and I know in Dublin there was local acts uh, as well. And now Maisie Peters. I'm not sure who Maisie Peters is, but usually what happens with a lot of these big acts when they do come, they will get local people, uh, local entertainers on stage because it gives them exposure as well and they'll pay them. But I think you're wrong when you say that they take a lot of money out of the country. I mean, obviously, Ed Sheeran is going to be paid, but they bring a lot of money into the country. The amount of money that will be spent in Cork was spent last night in Cork, will be spent in Cork tonight. There'll be people who'll stay who will have travelled to Cork will stay here for the weekend. So there's always a spin-off. Any, any of the businesses in hospitality, they love to have these big concerts in their area. That's why Dublin will fight tooth and nail to get any of the big concerts and why we try to do the same here in Cork because the spend around these concerts, huge, huge benefit to the hospitality sector and to other businesses. So you're wrong to say, Michael, that all the money is taken out of the country. Yes, Ed Sheeran uh, will get paid, but think of the support team around him that has to be paid uh, as well. And, you know, are we good at, why do we flock to the bigger entertainers? I, I don't know. I mean, why are people fans of Ed Sheeran? I mean, the same is going to happen with Garth Brooks. But then we do look after our own. I mean, the next big big Cork concert coming up uh, from an Irish point of view point of view will be the Westlife concerts. They will be huge numbers will attend at those and, and people I mean you think of acts like Daniel O'Donnell and all, all of the country and Irish singers they're all well supported as well so I think you're you're wrong to be picking on poor old Ed but thank you Michael for your text to 0862 103 103 now as we head into this bank holiday weekend don't forget that tomorrow night is May Eve and to discuss some of the traditions around May Eve and indeed May Day I'm joined by Michael Fortune of Folklore.ie. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning. Uh, now, always a pleasure to speak to you. Why is May Eve so important? 
It's the it's it's a really important one because we're it's it's going into the summer. We're coming from the spring into the into the summer, and as you can hear, I'm outside and there's birds singing. Everyone, you know, there's trees around that are growing. The crops are in the ground now, hopefully, and the protection of the crop, and especially around the crop around the milk yield, the cattle were left back out. So it's one of the pivotal kind of important dates in the Irish calendar. You know, Halloween would be the next one, real big one, really. But May is one of the strongest ones, and every every corner every corner of the country, to be honest with you. And are are, tra- are the traditions around May Eve, are they more celebrated in rural areas than, say, in urban areas? Um, yes, yes and no. I'm here in County Wexford, so I know that the May bush was always very strong, say, example, in New Ross Town, but it was also really strong inside in the, in, in the, in the country areas. We'd put up a thing called a May bush. Um, a May bow was put up in parts of Kerry. I don't know what the story was in Cork, but in Cork it was definitely very strong with... Um, with um, but in parts with sprinkling, sprinkling of flowers and a lot of a lot of protection of the milk crops and God, I was talking to a woman from Kerry yesterday and she was talking about uh, she was telling me about how the, how she remembered flowers being tied onto the tails of the cows that are let, being let out into the field to be milked on May Day. There's a lo- <laughs> there, there, there is a load down. All right, right. Let, let, let me yeah. talk through some of those ones that you've mentioned. First, explain what's the May bush and is that the same as the May tree? Yeah, yeah. Now, funny in some parts of the country, I've come across that Munster is called the May tree. We we call it the May bush, and the May bush would be a piece of furze or a, a piece of gorse, and it would be put up, decorated, put up onto a onto maybe a pole or up over the, the, the outside the house to keep. I suppose the idea was to keep the fairies away. The yellow was to keep the fairies with glories now, right? And it'd be decorated with um, eggshells and ribbons and seasonal flowers. Some parts of the country as well that would use uh, maybe a bit of a mountain ash, a roan, or here in Wexford as well we'd use um, a piece of white thorn. But you'd never bring it in. The idea was he'd put it up on May Eve, which is tomorrow night, uh, just after, just before sunset. And then the idea was that the fairies wouldn't come in and you wouldn't interfere and take your crops or harm your house. <laughs> and you just and you just leave it there for the for that for that May Eve and then take it down on May Day, is it? No, the old people just let it wither away. Granny oh, home, okay. they, they let it fall. Now, but here in Wexford, now we we got it going, and people are leaving them up for the month now. They don't look the best now after a month. I'll be honest with you. So, but there would be to be to be even fires. There would be bonfires in parts of the country still traditional bonfires where people would have a fire that day um, I knew a woman who was telling me that her uncle used to drive the cattle when they'd be putting the cattle back out to the land they would have two little fires and they'd run them like in between the two fires not not over them again to, again to stop the fairies milking the cows in the field that's the story so there was so much around because you had to think about it like now we can go to the shop we can buy whatever we want but not that long ago you know you know, we really, well I suppose we still are dependent on our farmers and on our crops but we really were everyone was you know more or less self-sufficient you and know? they were it, like it was, it's all to do with superstitions they were really superstitious that if they didn't do this something would go wrong with the crop yeah absolutely yeah. and even people will bless the land you know again in Cork I guarantee you just people will would got Easter water as we call it and the, the land would be blessed you know on May Eve people bless the land there's also three days called the three rogation days and they were leading up to Ascension Thursday people would bless the land again Again, that was very strong. Um, there's one actually, there was one very strong one actually, it was in Munster and again down in our part of the country, it's in Kikenny and into Wexford as well. Um, you got it in Cork as well. Was There was a, a, a lot of shows, a lot of a lot of people were protecting against bad luck, but then to be also lads to be pulling tricks and neighbours and stuff like that and to be <laughs> things like uh, putting eggs in the drills, that was a common one and that was the worst thing ever you could get. If you found eggs in the drills of your spuds growing or maybe eggs in the corner of your fields, 
it was kind of neighbours putting bad luck on other neighbours. Oh that was my gosh! Yeah, that was serious enough now. Yeah, that, that started many a row out there. And when you mentioned the hawthorn, somebody says that they remember growing up, you could never bring the hawthorn indoors, that that was very bad luck. Absolutely, not a chance to be ran, but same as us in Wexford and same up in Armagh and other, other parts of the country as well. Same story as well. You'd be ran if you brought it in. They said that the hens would stop setting, the ducks get off the net, you know. But it was just the, the bad luck with the hawthorn coming in. It could not be brought in. Now, mind you, here's the other thing the hawthorn. I'm actually looking at a little hawthorn growing here out in the yard, and they always said, never, you probably your listeners will have this as well, never cast a clout maze out. Yeah. Yeah, that was my mo- my late mother's one. You'd 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 get it. You you could get all kinds of illness, and you get colds and flus. Yeah, absolutely. And I always thought years ago myself, I was always thought it was on May, the month of May was out, but only late now and begin to I but someone said it to me a couple of years ago they were saying, No, no, it's the May it's the, the flower and the white horn when it comes out. When that comes out that means it'll only come out when the weather is warm enough. And when that comes out then then we're in good we're in a good time then to take off the drawers and the long vest. <laughs> and and uh, the the other one that I only heard when, when I was on your website yesterday about never giving giving anything away on the 1st of May. Yeah, no, that was one mammy and my mother had that one at home as well. That's a common one again. I came across it only, I was working with a group in Leach and Mister, and they had the same never borrow a loan on, on May Day. Mammy had you never give anything away on May Day. No farmer would give you milk. They said if you give away on the 1st of May you'd be given for the whole year. You'd be just given away <laughs> for the whole year. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. The one that I remembered from my childhood uh, Michael uh, was washing your face in the dew on May Day. That it was meant to it was good for your skin. I think my mother used to say it was to do with giving you eternal youth and you'd have lovely youthful skin. Is 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 that a common one? Absolutely. Again, length and breadth of the country, we did the exact same thing. And you know what? I'll be out now on May morning, on Sunday morning, I'll be drowning my face in the May Jew. But <laughs> most of the girls did it, but it's like, come here to me, it wakes you up if anything. You know, it does, it does. Yeah. It yeah. does. And yeah. then the other one that I would certainly remember from my childhood, having gone to a convent school, uh, was the May altar. Yeah, the May altar was lovely because we have the May bush and we have all those other those kind of things. The May altar is lovely. Funny, I was only installing one yesterday in an exhibition of the May altar, but not to be grandmother actually. But that was a big thing, and it usually, again, I don't know about it in Cork, but I know that here was always Mary had to be up on a height. There's just, there's loads of crossover with all our beliefs, you know. So you have pre-Christian stuff and you have Christian stuff, and it all mixed together the layers. And I suppose people will take what they want out of themselves, you know, that kind of way. So yeah. you will have um you'll have them you'll have the, the May altar with the, the, the flowers with lilac and with blue associated with Our Lady um, and the gas thing is I'll, I'll spot them here and I'll spot them in Newfoundland as well where there was people from the southeast corner and east Cork I went to I see May bushes or May trees over there and they will have the statue of Our Lady up on top and then the, 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 the bush decorated like the, like the May bush so you get a complete mix, mix of them together you know but whatever whatever gets you through the night that's the most important that's thing, it know? and then the big one that I hadn't heard about this putting of flowers on the doorstep and some people even put them on the windowsill tell me about that now that's an absolutely gorgeous one I'm looking here again I'm looking I'm walking as I'm talking to you I'm looking at yellow uh, 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 dandelions a lot of people would sprinkle now it's very strong in the western counties very, you know Leitrim, Sligo Galway, Mayo and again again my own part of North Wexford but I came across it in parts of Cork as well where on May before you'd sprinkle the flowers 
And usually some people will put yellow because they said these berries are afraid of yellow, little marsh marigolds, primroses, little anything yellow at all. And you put them on the doorsteps and on the windowsills. Again, they, they believed that the berries wouldn't cross the threshold. And I was talking to a woman yesterday, and like, oh, she wouldn't, you wouldn't believe this. She had days to sprinkle ashes. They, they, they had it, an older woman, ashes on the back door. And they said then they didn't know then if they, were, if they got up in the morning and there's any footprints in them, said the fairies have to come into the house. Or, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know which direction they were calling. <laughs> and there was never any footprints in it. But you, see, you, could see, you could see skullduggery going on there and somebody deliberately putting footprints into it to scare the life out of the people. So you, got, you, you had to be careful about that as well. And Michael, your, your, your website, folklore.ie, is, is, is fantastic. You're recording people remembering all of these uh, traditions and that's important. We need to keep these stories alive. Absolutely. Well, I, I've been doing it for, with video for 20 years, um, just recording, again, the home in home county, then it'd be in Tipperary, it'd be in Mayo, wherever it was worked back in the day. And one of the big game changers for me, is obviously local radio is obviously really important, but when social media came about for me, it meant that I could record this content and share it. And the age profile of the people I'm targeting, say, like, on in, 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 in Facebook, people, I put up a like a thing, did anyone do this in your part of the country? And people are on their phones and they're texting back, we did that. But yeah. it's a great way to research, it's a great way to share stuff. Um, and it's real as well. That's the other thing, it's lovely and real. It's not, it's not you know, sometimes people would put up folklore stuff and I'd always be dubious about the sources, you know. But the sources are important, you know. And like, the way you were able to tell me what you did with your your, your own mother, yeah. that's important. That you, If things are authentic, it's very it's very important. Um, but it's a great tool for me. It's a great tool to get these conversations going and sure, take, take from what take from it whatever you want you know take from the crack of the story or take from the crack of the ritual you know you know but but I do think they're, they are important the ritual parts of these kind of stuff you know like the mating because we'll have no problem putting up Christmas tree in our sitting rooms and which is lovely to do but it's nice to mark our own little calendar dates yeah, and dates absolutely. Our parts, you know, 100%. Well. and absolutely 100% and I last I think I last spoke to you about your dress the dre- you, you did the calendars with the dressers yeah I did yeah, we did a guards project and we had Cork dressers in it as well yeah. as the arts office there, Cork County Council Arts Office. They supported it. And we got, I, I, I was talking to you and I was looking for, I was old, I would have been happy with 10 or 15 dressers, but I got over 50 in the end. Did you? So I was absolutely delighted. So and we, we, put, we put a couple of Cork dressers in the calendar and we put a section on Cork dressers in the calendar. Um, but there's probably a few more that come come again come November or December this year again I'll be doing it again Are you doing it again You I, yeah, for a calendar for next year Oh you, you absolutely yeah. should because I remember the reaction that we got on it and even just people talking about remembering the dresser in their granny's house or in the house that they grew, they grew up in and it's they, they really seem to be coming back in fashion as well don't they? Yeah they are I, suppose I, can, I think there's a kind of a time where we're I just we're the, the, the big globalised world we're living in, whatever, sometimes we're kind of putting value on some of that localised stuff again, where we begin to rediscover the local again and things make, you know, connecting back with the place where we're from and especially even even, for, even from things like employment. I, I was born and reared in the countryside and I'm able to live back in the countryside now again, you know, that kind of way we don't have to live in the cities and towns anymore, you know, that it's important for someone like myself. But there definitely there's that going on. And I even find with the Maybush tradition, I find a lot of the grandparents actually are the ones who are kind of getting their grandchildren. Almost a lot of things skip a lot of things skip the beat in the 
late 60s, 70s and 80s. And I think, you know, people are kind of reassessing things again a little bit, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't take much. And it doesn't take much. You know, no, it, it doesn't. doesn't it doesn't. And it's our link with the past and our link with the past yeah. is so important. Michael, it's always a pleasure. We'll speak again. Thank you for that. And Thank thanks you. for Thank joining you. us. Uh, bye bye. That is uh, Michael Fortune. And check out his website. It really is uh, fascinating. Folklore.ie and the Facebook page. He's got great videos up on it. And if you've got any interest at all in folklore and the old traditions, then you will really get a lot out of it and I'm interested to hear from anyone who had traditions associated with May Eve or May Day traditions maybe you're still doing today or traditions you remember doing as a child or your parents did or your grandparents did share them with us 0818 103 103 you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. C103's Irish Sunday is the big show on your radio. Sunday mornings from 10. Four hours of all-time favourites from Clean Hagen to Mike Denver. Susan McCann to Derek Ryan. And Daniel O'Donnell to Nathan Carter. It's Cork's greatest hits, guaranteed. And everyone is Irish. Join us Sunday mornings from 10am. Irish Sunday on C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Thank you to a lovely text in from a listener. When I mentioned at the top of the programme, the lady who contacted us because her mum is going for an operation today, life-changing operation, she has to have her leg amputated. And because of infection controls and COVID at CUH, nobody was allowed in to see the poor woman. And uh, the family are all distraught, thinking about their poor mother going for this operation and nobody there you know, just to kind of hold her hand and tell her, you'll be OK, ma'am, you'll be OK. And nobody there when she'll come out of the operation. Uh, somebody says, um, hi, Patricia, would you just let that family know I've just lit a can for that uh, lady and please God everything will go okay and please God it will and we'll keep them in our thoughts and prayers across the weekend. Now lots of people reacting to my piece with Michael Fortune in the last hour from folklore.ie on May Eve and traditions around May Eve and traditions around May Day. Let me go to the phone lines where, where is it gone? This is Joe in uh, Kilmallock. Uh, good morning to you, Joe. Good morning, Patricia. Joe, good morning. it's brought back memories to you of what your mother used to do on May, oh, May indeed, Eve. Indeed, yes. When I lived out the country, my mother used to go around May Eve with a bottle of holy water and she'd shake it on the, the, the chickens and the, the, the ducks or whatever she had. And she'd go around the field to protect the house, so the house would be protected that night. And and, then, the, and the holy water, more than likely, was Easter water that she would have got a few weeks previously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ex- yeah. And uh, she, 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 she's all around the field and all around the house with the chickens and everyone. And they, they all had to get holy water that night. And then, of course, we had a woman who didn't live too far away and she was into this piece of She'd get a wet bag and she'd go across to the farmer's field and she'd pull the grass across the road into her own land. <laughs> and what was and the, it? And the reason, the reason for that was yeah. that uh, she, she'd have better uh, grass in the field that year. Uh, and she was taking it from the neighbour? She was taking the, she was taking the grass. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yeah, we all knew her. She, uh, <laughs> I, I, I used to be afraid of my life for her. <laughs> and what, what do you mean she used to bring a wet bag? What's a wet she, bag? She used to, go around the field, go around the farmer's field with a wet bag and uh, she'd, she'd pull it all the way uh, then across then, into her own field yeah. and she'd go around she'd, and she'd walk around her own field with it 
and she got uh, she reckoned she got better grass than that year. And was, was the was the other farmer aware of the skullduggery that was going he on? Was, he was. He was indeed. He was indeed. But he didn't. And, uh, he, even though she had her own cows, she'd go to a farmer looking for a bottle of milk, and if she got the bottle of milk, she'd come back and she'd pour it into her own milk churn, and she get a, and she get a better test in the creamery. Oh God. Just some woman, wasn't she? <laughs> and then I'd never heard of um, uh, Michael was telling us about never, never giving in, never b- loaning something or giving something to somebody on May Day. That no, you, you'd be you, given, you, you'd be given for the rest of the year. Well, you'd be given for the whole year. And, yeah. uh, and the thing is, you got caught at all with this woman, uh, or straight into it. And um, mm. and another thing she'd want you to say, oh, I, I can't go to the crib this morning. She'd be trying to put the meat on alongside the next farmer's uh, meat on, but he wouldn't. He, like he knew they were so wise he, to he, her. They were wise, they were wise for her, okay. And, and, and of course, the eggs then, of course, the eggs then she put along the, the ridges of the of the potatoes. Yeah, now Michael and, uh, Michael mentioned that one. That's meant to be very bad luck. Well, they say it rots the potatoes. And does it? Well, they say, they, well, they say, they, they, they say she, she done it anyway. <laughs> she was a nasty piece of work. Uh, Dearmit in Intergeela says lots of people will bless the entire house inside and out tomorrow night on May Eve, particularly those from with a farming uh, background. Big tradition in Shigila and it goes on in many areas. So many people still do it. We're not talking about, what we're talking about is traditions. The tradition is alive and well. Well, well, it is a tradition, but I can tell you this one was into it in a big way. And okay. I, I, I can tell you, no, she, 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 was a bad, she was a bad one. Okay. All right, Joe, listen, yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> okay. and thanks for joining us. Colm in Bodivan says that the saying, don't cast a clout until the May flower is out. You see, I thought that was don't cast a cloth until the May, May is out. I thought it was to do with clothes. And um, actually, Michael corrected me and said it isn't. And Colm in Botfond is backing it up. He said, I read it in Samuel Pepys' book, which was written in the 1700s in its relation to the May flower and not the month of May. It's not to, to do with clothes. It's what's contained in a number of his books and uh, diaries. Thank you for that. Some of your texts uh, in D says the May bush was also known as the May gorse in England. They celebrated with a May pole, uh, the Irish May gorse. There was a saying when the gorse is out of bloom, kissing is out of fashion. Weather was a big part. A wet May meant a dry June makes the farmer whistle a tune. A swarm of bees in May is worth a load of hay for me is health. And then Dee talks about the May song Queen of the May bring flowers of the rarest. Dee says one of my favourite songs. Patricia also long ago there was a thing called the May procession. Do you remember the May? Now I remember the Corpus Christi procession and I think in our school we did a May procession as well. Dee says in the May procession the the Holy Communion class who would have made their Holy Communion some probably sometime in May they would put back on their dresses again a little bit like what they do for the Corpus Christi p- procession and they would sing and there would be a special May uh, May uh, procession for the month of uh, May Dee says I particularly love the month of May because it's time to say goodbye to the dark days and that you know that the summer days are on the way and the gorgeous scent of uh, flowers. Thank you for that Dee. And someone else says hi Patricia. Another tradition is to bring in a, the sycamore the branch of a sycamore tree. It's meant to bring in the summer and fine weather. My mother always did it and I still do it today and the May altar was definitely another one we used to pick bluebells 
for Our Lady to put on to the May altar. Yeah, my memory of the May altar in our school, I don't think, I can't, I'd have to talk of one of my, my, my sisters are better memory than me, one of my older sisters. And I don't know if we had a May altar at home, but I certainly remember the one in school and used to have to take it in turns in the class to bring in the flowers for the May altar. And we were blessed in that we had a gorgeous lilac tree growing in the back garden which obviously always flowers in May and it's the lilac tree always reminds me of my mother so we always had when it came to our turn to bring flowers in we could take some of the lilac off the lilac trees and bring bring them in to school for the May altar but yeah May altars don't know if, if, if anybody still does May altars today but maybe they do maybe they do okay a number of calls and texts in to do with my chat with Senator Tim Lumbert earlier who was talking about Councillor Karen Coakley leaving the Fine Gael party and second Fine Gael councillor to leave the party with uh, Kate Murphy having left politics completely not just having left the Fine Gael party and both of them citing uh, alleged bullying and intimidation. Okay, some of your thoughts coming on this. Michael says, uh, Patricia, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Listening to Senator Tim Lumbert on your programme today, I think politics is such a cutthroat business. It's sad to see how people are treated in politics, but it's not just in the Fine Gael party for sure. I've seen it in other parties as well. There are so many people who entered the game of politics to do their very best for their community and for their country, but it's the system. The political system is and can be cruel. I've canvassed in many elections and I've seen how much abuse these politicians can take. I definitely wouldn't want to be in the front line of politics today for all of the reasons that you spoke about in your chat with Tim Lambert. I do think, though, that the party headquarters have a lot to answer for in the way that they add candidates to the ticket, etc. It really gets on the grassroots wick as they haven't a clue how what they decide at HQ will be received on the ground and uh, um, says Michael and I think that's a very good point and I think that's a point that the HQ of all of the political parties have to listen to what's happening on the ground and listen to the members on the ground and they are the ones who know what will work and won't work so I think that's a very very valid point Michael uh, thank you for that Hi uh, Patricia great interview by Senator Tim Lambert bullies are a cancer in society and they should be weeded out this should never happen here there's no place for it in Fine Gael for sure and then this is and thank you for putting your name on this this is Andrew Coleman who was a former long term member of Bandentown Council and a member of Fine Gael in Cork South West he said may I state I fully support the views expressed on your programme this morning by Senator Tim Lumbert pertaining to those uh, people who were involved in the petition campaign at the last general election it resulted in a terrible campaign against Councillor Karen Coakley a sad loss to the party in Cork County Council Skibbereen and the organisation in Cork South West those people who caused this campaign should be ashamed of themselves and they shouldn't be a part of any Fine Gael organisation in the constituency and as they say it's from Andrew Coleman and someone else says as a member of Fine Gael in Cork South West I'm disgusted by the behaviour of some of the so-called members it's a poor reflection on the party in Cork South West and now we've lost two excellent councillors in a few short months a small few have caused huge damage to individuals and to the party's reputation these people should should not be welcome in Fine Gael. And this listener says they would go so far as to say they should be 
expelled. Okay, that's some of your texts that came in on this. Don't know if there was calls into John Paul or not. Because uh, John Paul had a lot, was, was, has been is having a busy morning. John was on to say, I disagree with any bullying that goes on anywhere. But I hope that people are fed up of, but, but I think people are fed up of politics at the moment. People are disappointed. Look at the state of our health service. We have a thornish under investigation by the DPP. We've never seen the likes of it before. And there's a lot of disillusionment around politics. And then there was a flood of calls and texts in reacting to Michael, who was complaining about the fact that I'm assuming he was including my good self and this radio station that all the radio stations in Ireland television stations that we were giving so much publicity not just to Ed Sheeran but to other artists that come from overseas and he was making the point we should be supporting Irish and Irish acts and why do we give so much attention to these foreigners that come in singers and entertainers and that they take money out of the uh, country Avril in Skibbereen says tell Michael Ed's relations live in Skibbereen Ed has a lot of Irish roots from Wexford to Galway Judy in Bandon says there are many Irish acts supporting Ed on his tour he's giving them a chance so they now will get new followers so Ed is doing a lot for the Irish music industry Tom in Grenna says has Michael forgotten the big economic boost that has been brought to Cork City people who are coming from all over will stay in Cork they'll spend their money in Cork they'll spend it before and after the concerts it's also brought a really feel good factor to the city and God knows we need that Orla in Formoy says people will go to what artist they like they might sound bad but if people like a certain that might sound bad that it's a non-Irish act but if people like a certain artist over an Irish artist then of course they're going to go to the artist that's you know most ignites their passion. It's demand and supply at the end of the day. It doesn't matter where a person is from. Surely that day is long gone. Uh, Column in Mallow says, what artists exactly is Michael on about? Many of them will be supporting Ed uh, Sheeran. Uh, look at the support that many Irish acts are getting. People like the Coronas, Hermitage Green, they're all selling out. Look at Lyra. She's having sellout gigs in London and in the UK. Yeah, and I suppose if you took Michael's point to the nth degree, it would mean Irish acts wouldn't be the likes of you too, wouldn't be supported around uh, around the world. All right, that's just some of uh, the comments coming in reacting to Michael's comments earlier. And I want to give a shout out to Liam who says Patricia would you please mention that prior to the opening of the RTE All-Ireland Drama Finals in Athlone next Thursday the Palace players are staging their award winning play Chipati at the Palace Theatre in Formoy for three performances Saturday Sunday and then again on Monday afternoon Saturday and Sunday it's at 8 o'clock and on Monday it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon booking available at 087 6492514 and can I wish everybody involved with the Palace players in Formoy the best of luck they always do so well at the All-Ireland Drama Finals and I'm a bit out of the loop on the Drama uh, Finals this year I don't know of any other acts we do particularly well here in Cork Formoy always the Palace players always do well but there are other really really good amateur drama groups that do well in the All-Ireland Finals so if there's any others from Cork we wish them the very best of luck C103 Jobs with Munster Technological University enhance your career prospects with MTU's range of full-time part-time and professional courses succeeding together with MTU.ie a bartender slash mixologist. Would you love to be a mixologist? Wanted to work in Balancholic. Full and part-time work is available. CVs to careers at whitehorse.ie. 
an accounting technician required for a busy office in Bandon. Now you need to have knowledge of Sage, Thesaurus, Core, Ross and Microsoft Outlook. CVs please to info at lloydbowmaker.com. Office and accounts clerk required for Canturk. CVs to info at valuetech.ie. And a driver with a CR, a C1 license is wanted for the North Cork area, 87 2560837. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. The possibility of resurrecting the old railway lines from Bantry to Cork has been raised in recent years with some feeling the plan is simply too ambitious to the point that it would be unachievable. The Environment and Transport Minister Eamon Ryan has rode in on this suggestion by ruling it out and said that the focus should be on bus routes instead. West Cork Dáil Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan uh, joins me. Good morning to you Christopher. Morning Patricia. Were you disappointed to hear the Minister rule it out and rule out any chance of the railway line returning? I was. Uh, I was I guess because um we had that fantastic report from the Cork Commuter Coalition earlier in the year, which um, I think a lot of people got excited because what that report pointed out is that actually, uh, um, as opposed to what many the view that many people had held for a long time, that this could potentially be feasible. Um, and they pointed out different potential routes. They pointed out that you didn't necessarily have to exactly go along the route of the old railway line, but you could use some of the, the roadsides um, and that you could serve um, lots of towns uh, and even villages right throughout West Cork. So I, I think that got people excited. I, I guess as well the fact that you have uh, Eamon Ryan as Minister for Transport, uh, a Green Minister, you'd imagine that public transport and uh, the extra provision of rail would something is something that would really much very much have floated his boat, and, and you'd imagine that it would um, certainly have resonated with him. Having said that, is it a surprise that... Um, it's been ruled out, not entirely, I guess. I mean, this is always going to be incredibly ambitious. The potential cost of delivery to project is enormous. And as I kind of alluded to there at the start, Patricia, look, this was done away with in the first place. It was done away with in 1961. I guess the government at the time, which incidentally was a Fianna Fáil government, uh, it, you know, couldn't, couldn't possibly have envisaged how uh, public rail and light rail should and would play such an important role in the future. It was a time when the purchase of cars was increasing significantly. Everybody was out buying cars. Um, and absolutely, you know, it, it was the right thing to do at the time. There was yeah, the and in, you know, in in their defence, they thought that the, you know, the modern way was going to be everybody in their cars and nobody using the trains. 100%. Yeah, and there's no yeah. way that people of that generation could have had any foresight. But, Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, 
relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Focusing, focusing on bus routes uh, instead, which is the suggestion from our Transport Minister, Eamon Ryan. Is he aware of the conditions of some of our roads in West Cork? Yeah, and and this is it, and something I was just about to follow it up with that point is that if we're not going to deliver a rail service, and in fairness, it it wasn't in the uh, 2040 National Development Plan, it wasn't in Programme for Government, so to kind of pluck it out of, um, you know, not being on any government documentation to happening over the course of the next few years, that was always going to be difficult. So, you know, when when I'm talking to him and Ryan next, I, you know, I'll, I'll be discussing the issue of Cork, West Cork Railway with him, but more, I suppose, urgently, what I'll be discussing is the need for the provision of uh, an adequate road service. If we are talking about rolling out extra buses, if we're talking about increasing bus services throughout West Cork, then we're going to need a, a road network that's going to be capable of taking that. So we have to look at realignment projects along the N71, sections of the N71 between the legs of Clannacilty and Ross Carberry, where it's quite treacherous. Abandoned uh, bypass. Abandoned bypass has to be uh, now a priority for, for this government, for Eamon Ryan and for West Cork because that's something that the people of Bandon and the people of West Cork have been calling out for generations and if we're to uh, roll out a, a proper adequate bus service then that's where the investment is going to be so while you know I, I certainly will discuss this with him and at least call for at the very least a feasibility study into the provision and the reinstatement of a light rail uh, West Cork railway because it would be so fantastic not just from a, 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 a transport point of view but you can imagine the tourism benefit of uh, you're very familiar Patricia with the 12 arch bridge in Baldyhab and how incredible it would be to see uh, a a, a train once again uh, go over that piece of infrastructure it would would be such a unique tourism offering offering. but having said that we realise that the the viability of such and the it was always going to be an aspirational idea so let's focus um, the infrastructure that we can deliver the road infrastructure and proper bus infrastructure that doesn't just serve um, our big towns to our cities, but serves every town and village um, in places, and I focus on West Cork obviously because West Cork is my constituency, but that delivers um, a reliable, um, a frequent bus service from every little part of West Cork, and that's how we will introduce sustainable travel. Uh, and you know, the one thing that the pandemic has done is show is shown that people can live in more rural areas and, you know, with remote working. So we can expect that populations will increase in a lot of these areas, surely going forward. Yeah, and if you if you look at any of the um, uh, property um, sites and the, the uh, daft.e and likes, the, the, the price of property has, has skyrocketed along coastal parts of West Cork. And I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that 
because people now realise that they can work remotely because in some places, not all, they might add, there's that equipped broadband and people can work remotely. And that people love that lifestyle. They love the, the, the simple rural lifestyle where they can they can live and work in rural Ireland. And, you know, there's benefits to that as well because that means that you increase the population of those villages and towns. It means that businesses... Um, within those villages and towns can then flourish. So your your cafes, your clothes shops, your your, your supermarkets, your small on on street new jasons, that they'll be able to benefit. So there's a benefit there. But we need we need to be able to connect them up. Um, and and that's where I mean there is a plan out there called Connecting Ireland. Mm. It has some fantastic ideas in there. It's, it's talking about a skibbereen to Cork route via Clonakilty, uh, Bandon, and other places on route every hour. I mean, if you had that availability every hour, it would be absolutely fantastic. They're talking about connecting places. Uh, Dursey to Kilcrohan, which would go through Castle Bearing, then Gareth, Bantry and Doris. So it's talking about connecting Mizzen to Castle Townsend uh, and Baltimore Union Hall. So these are routes that have never e- existed before. But, you know, if if we're if we're uh, doing away and dismissing the idea of, of a West Cork Railway, then we need to see these services going on the ground. And I must say this, uh, Patricia, before, because uh, this is a really important point. Both Aaron uh, alone do not have the capability to uh, deliver this service. So we must include and support the likes of the commercial operators, the likes of, in West Cork here, we have West Cork Connects. West Cork Connects... Brilliant service. Brilliant service. ...has been provided um, below-rate, affordable public transport for people young and old for West Cork when Bus Aaron weren't doing it. Bus Aaron just simply were not doing those routes. Now, Minister Ryan has introduced a, a measure just in the last week, and you might have seen some media coverage of this, where they have uh, reduced public transport costs by 20%, mm. and they've reduced the cost of any 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 student with a leap card or anyone from uh, 12 years old to student age with a leap card uh, can avail of a 50% reduction in public transport. Now, this is very welcome, and this is the way forward because it makes public transport affordable. But, but and here, here's the big yeah. but, the commercial operators have to be included yeah. because if the commercial operators are priced out and if they if they cannot compete, then they're not going to be there. And I would beg the question, who is going to provide the extra bus routes for all these routes that we're yeah, talking Yeah, when that was announced, I, it was the first thing I checked to see with the with the commercial buses and, and thinking from West Cork in particular, because I know the service that they're providing and the people they're providing it to and I couldn't believe them when they weren't being included. So that certainly does need to be looked at. And then Michael says, uh, could you ask Christopher, uh, he should have reminded Eamon Ryan that his mother came from Bantry. I was unaware of this, that Eamon Ryan's mother was a Bantry woman and probably would have used the Bantry line. Eamon Ryan's mother is a Bantry woman and I, and I believe his wife is also a West Cork woman. He spends a lot of time in, in Cork McSherry. He spends a lot of time in West Cork. And in fact, he would surprise you at his knowledge of the current existing West Cork bus routes because he does he, he does like it here. He does spend a lot of time coming here. So I guess that's, that's, that's one benefit. But I guess what Eamon, Eamon really needs to, to, to realise and that this is coming back to the whole um, inclusion of the commercial operators in this reduction of the 50% in, in, in prices for, for students to be and young at. people. It has to be looked yeah. at because it, it, this may solve a problem in Dublin City and it may solve a problem in Cork City, but the vast majority of people who uh, are bussed around rural Ireland are bussed around by commercial ops. So they have to be they have to be um, I- included as part of, course of the solution. Okay. That will certainly be my priority. But it, look, it is it is disappointing. We would all, I think everybody would love to have seen the return of a West Cork Railway. But if we're not getting that, 
then by God, we need to get proper road infrastructure public, and we need to get buses. Yeah, and the best public transport system we can get. Tom in Bantry says, uh, we listened with interest, you mentioning a bypass for Bandon. He says, what about a bypass for Bantry? Tom says, we've been promised one for years. There you go. And, and these are the type of things that we need to be focusing, focusing on. These really important infrastructural measures and bypasses. I know there's this, it's just, this building of roads is often seen as unsustainable, but actually bypasses and circular roads are very sustainable because what they do is they free up your town centre. So in the likes of Bandon, in the likes of Bantry, having, uh, taking the heavy goods vehicle, taking those big vehicles that are travelling from Castellon Bear up to the city with lots of fish and, 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 and different products, taking them out of the town centre frees up your town centre and the town centre becomes this flourishing, uh, amazing place to do business. That's the benefit that Bandon would get. That's the benefit that the likes of Bantu would get. So it's those type of projects that we need to be focusing on. We need to be focusing on getting people from the mainland out to Dursey, which is an issue that we're trying to work on at the moment. So, you know, as I said, when I'm speaking to and X and I'm talking about the infrastructure projects that I want to see in West Cork, of course, I'll bring up West Cork Railway, but we have to focus on those uh, ones that we can deliver. Okay. And, and, and as listeners in, remind him of his roots. Uh, Dennis, yes or no, please. Uh, all the land from under the West Cork Railway line, has that been sold? And if so, would it have to be CPO'd? All that, is that land all been sold? Oh, n- 90%. 90%. Of it is, yeah, okay. so, so and like, then yeah. Mary and Skibbereen says the train in West Cork would be the best solution for every area of West Cork. Uh, she thought there was a Canadian man that was investing in the project. She said there's still parts of the old railway line still standing. We cannot give up on the West Cork train, says Mary in Skibbereen. So there's a, there's a lot of affection out there. Yeah. And a, lot of, a lot of people are like, okay, I'm, I'm over on time, but before I go, I just want to ask you. Now I know it's a different party but mm. considering it's the main issue we've been talking about today, the resignation of two West Cork Fine Gael councillors, Karen Coakley and uh, Kate Murphy uh, because of bullying and, and intimidate, or alleged bullying and intimidation in the last general election. Stories like that, will that turn off females from entering politics? And I'm also uh, seeing today the National Women's Council with their report out showing that a number of female councillors said they won't run in the next uh, election due to online abuse. Do we have an issue that needs to be addressed when it comes to females getting into politics? We have an absolute huge issue. First of all, I want to uh, just acknowledge Karen Coakley. Karen is is, uh, a good friend. We've always got on incredibly well, despite being in different parties. Um, She's been fantastic. She's a fantastic councillor. She will continue to be a fantastic councillor. And I want to say this as well. I know many very, very fine people within uh, Fine Gael that I know well that are supporters and that would support either candidate. But it is a shame that this has happened and, and you have this faction within Fine Gael that, that has allowed this to happen. Um, and it's done. It's down to what Karen describes as bullying. Yes, we have an issue with, uh, clearly we have an issue with, with uh, getting women into politics. The, 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 the representation from women in politics is, is, is tiny. It's not good enough. Uh, there isn't enough TDs in Dáil and There is not enough female councillors on Cork County Council. And a big part of that, a big part of the issue is they are specifically targeted with online bullying, online trolling. We all get it. Every TD, every councillor will will give you examples of where individuals repeatedly come on to their social media and target them and say very, very personal stuff. But it's an absolute fact that it's female representatives, they absolutely, they're, they're targeted more. It's more personal uh, and it needs, we need to do everything possible to wipe it out and have a zero tolerance policy on it. I really want to wish Karen the best best of luck in the future. She's a fine representative uh, for Skibbereen 
uh, and I'm sure look the Fine Gael party will bounce back from this as well okay. but um, right. I certainly right. I, I, I wish her the best of luck okay and we need we need more women in politics because we know that women rule the world uh, Christopher we have to leave it there and uh, have, a, have a lovely bank holiday weekend and thanks for joining thank us thank you you uh, too bye bye uh, West Cork Fianna Fáil Dáil Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan 0818103103 John Paul taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103, 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. It's a good laugh that you want this May Bank Holiday weekend. The mayor suggests a trip to Debarra's Folk Club tomorrow night when comedian Danny O'Brien will present his show, which is entitled The God of All Things Bad. To chat about what people can expect, delighted to say Danny O'Brien joins me. Good morning to you, Danny. Hey Patricia, how are things? I'm very good and you're welcome to the programme. Now I suppose while most comedians and entertainers had a very quiet couple of years due to the pandemic, the same can't be said about you. I mean <laughs> looking back on what you've been up to over the last couple of uh, years the, the one, when you came on my radar was those stand-up specials that you recorded in the council flats in Dublin. Had, talk to me about how they came about. Patricia, I need another pandemic, I think, to sleep off the pandemic, <laughs> to be totally honest with you. How did they come about? Um, we actually did it, it's quite funny actually, because um, May Day was the first one we did, which is going to be Monday two years ago, at a local community centre, which said to us, would you mind doing like a, you know, a bit of stand-up to kind of keep morale up, and everyone was socially distancing, and it was all filmed on Facebook Live, there was no audience, a whole lot, and... Um, that kind of got legs. And then we ended up filming a stand-up special called The Lockdown uh, Comedy Special in O'Reilly House and Rings End. So I'm still massively connected to that community, but I, I can't believe it's nearly a two-year anniversary now on Monday. And they're hugely successful and a massive amount of views. Yeah, it, it was amazing. And like, we only had one take and like, as you know yourself, like you have to do rehearsals, you got to write scripts and whatnot. But um, this was very much a one-shot, one-take project. And uh, thankfully it worked out and, uh, you know, it, it came out really well. Yeah, and it was stand-up comedy at its finest, I, I, I can tell you that. And then you did a lot of work on, on Zoom and online, but is there only so much of that that you can do? Yeah, you're dead right. I mean, like, I was really grateful for the opportunity to be able to keep, you know, keep performing and keep working. But as yourself and every listener um, listening to this programme will agree, like, there's no replacement for live gigs. And that's why I think there's such a surge at the moment for live performance, live music, live comedy, live everything. Like we're we're just so happy to be back to be back doing what we do, you know. You know, we're we're a wash obviously at the moment with Ed Sheeran because the first concert in, in Barky <laughs> yeah. Creevis last night. I got stuck at Ed Sheeran traffic. Did you? Oh. to go away for a gig last night, and I was to drive back to Cork and face it the other way. I'd say you were cursing Ed Sheeran, uh, but the one <laughs> thing about it was the atmosphere yesterday in the city, and everyone was talking about. For many, it was their first time out, you know, at a big event, and to get out to something live is incredible for us in the audience, but for you guys up on stage. I, I, I really particularly think for comedians to eyeball people and to hear the laughs. I mean, that must be incredible for you to be back doing the gigs. Yeah, completely. Like, we did a show last night. It was myself, Jason Byrne, Andrew Maxwell, Carl Spain and Enya Martin. We did a show for Ukraine in Leisureland in Galway. And uh, I think we raised nearly €20,000 last night. And there was actually some people from Ukraine yeah. that had been given VIP tables at the front. And as harrowing um, as the scenes are in Ukraine and, and, and as miserable everything is and how sad it is, it was amazing to have people from that country 
up the front of the gig supporting their country through the medium of comedy like it was it was really something special a, a gig I'll never forget in my life you know Did they get the Irish wit? <laughs> they actually did you know that because slagging is slagging and crack is crack and it doesn't matter where you come from in the world And it's interesting that you mentioned one of the other comedians that who took part last night was Carol Spain Now you married Carol Spain <laughs> during lockdown and we have to talk about this now this I'm assuming do with the numbers you could have at a gig you could have more if yeah, you were getting married that's exactly it so there was a weird um, if, if, if you can guys cast your mind back to that strange time where you weren't allowed to do live gigs but you were allowed to have a wedding to 50 people we had a show booked and we had all the tickets sold and then they said you know the government kept moving the goalposts we as a precaution got married Um and we had a registrar from Cork, actually, Paul Crowley. Of course he did. Him. Of course he, he did. <laughs> he drove from Cork to illegally marry us um, as a precaution so we could do the show. And have you divorced Carol since? Not yet. We're no. still together, but I'd just like to be very clear. We haven't constantly. Oh, well, I'm, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to hear that. Listen, I, I, I had a friend of mine over in England who had a garden party booked for 100 people. And in England, they were changing all the rules and regulations. And again, it got changed. So herself and her boyfriend got married because they were allowed to have 100 people. So it was all done in a week and she got married in, instead. So other people have done um, a, a similar. And then the workshops that I know you're running workshops in schools. You had one in Douglas this week. Week, didn't you? I have, yeah. I'd, I'd love to give a big shout out to the amazing transition year students in Regina Mundy and Douglas and Cork. I've, I did 12 workshops in the last four days. I had uh, a couple of amazing guest speakers, Al Forn, who's an amazing impressionist, and Bernard Casey, who's from Kerry and he actually lives in Cork. And uh, genuinely, one of the best projects I've done to date. And then <laughs> I had to drive as soon as I finished the workshops. I left five minutes early which I'm very grateful to the school for to make it to the Ukraine gig last night in Galway. And then back down because you're in... in, in have you played to Barris before? I have. And it, 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 when I actually booked this gig initially, it was booked for March 2020. Oh. And now it's finally <laughs> going ahead. <laughs> Over two years later. It's a great venue, isn't it? It's the absolute best. And like Ray and all the staff are amazed. And there's something magic about Clonakilty and West Cork in general. And I'm, I'm really excited. This is the last date of the Irish tour. And I couldn't ask for a better venue to be finishing the tour, to be honest. Now, tell me a bit about uh, the show, The God of All Things Bad. Yeah, so it's called The God of All Things Bad. So I basically managed to escape um, in December 2020 um, to Guatemala. And a couple of lads that worked in New York a long, long time ago said, come over here, restrictions are merely a suggestion. I, uh, I ended up doing loads of outdoor shows in Guatemala. And basically, if you do something bad in Guatemala, you talk to Jesus. But if you do something really bad, you talk to a guy called Mashaman, who is the god of all things bad. And there's no penance. It's, it's quite the opposite of the kind of Catholic upbringing I had. And I just loved, I loved the idea of the god. And that's what the show kind of surrounded. And that's, you know, that's what it kind of resonates about, you know. And what did you make of Guatemala? It is, it's not on everyone's radar. It's a, it's a really struggling third world country. When you're flying in there, you can see volcanoes erupting as you arrive into the country, like uh, like Jurassic Park. But it's um, it's one of the most incredible places I've ever been in my life, and I'm actually going back there in November to finish the tour where it started. Well done, well done. And after, as you say, Debaris is the last of the Irish leg. Uh, you gigging then in England? Yeah, I've got a few shows in the UK, and then this show is actually going to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for 27 nights in a row for the whole month of August. 
You've, as I say, you've, you've, I, I couldn't believe how busy, because usually since we're starting to come out of out of the pandemic and all the lockdowns, when, I, when I'm interviewing entertainers, comedians, whatever, it's usually, God, how bad was the lockdown for you? And most people are saying, oh, it's gone off my head, I did nothing. Certainly you can't be accused of doing that. Listen, <laughs> I Danny. I still. <laughs> no, I can, I can well see that. And, and online stuff is still available. Your garden gigs online. Yeah, all the workshops, all the virtual shows are all on um, gardengigsireland.com and um, all my tour dates are on dannyobryan.com. Well well worth seeing. And are there tickets, somebody wants to know, are there still tickets available for Debarras tomorrow there is, there's, there's eight tickets. I just checked eight. before this okay. interview. There's eight tickets. So if there's a five-a-side team, three subs, get yourselves there. <laughs> Connor Kelsey tomorrow. Listen, enjoy the trip to, to Clan. Real pleasure talking to you, Danny. And uh, we'll speak again. Thanks a million. Thanks so much, Patricia. Take care. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Uh, Danny O'Brien ahead of his gig tomorrow night. Last eight tickets, folks. Get out and get them. DeBarra's Folk Club and Club. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Remember yesterday I mentioned Aldi Supermarket and in particular the Aldi store in Mallow where we were getting some calls in from parents saying that children, they had decided in Aldi and Mallow that children wouldn't be allowed in unless they were accompanied by adults. And then I referenced the fact that the Mallow Act of Kindness page on Facebook, they had been talking about it the previous evening and that a couple of other people had said that it wasn't just Aldi and Mallow, that they'd seen it happen in other stores, other Aldi stores as well. So we decided to get on to Aldi to say, is this a new rule that they're putting in place that children are only allowed into the store and teenagers only allowed into the store if they're accompanied by uh, adults? Now, we did have a couple of people who contacted us yesterday saying they could understand why Aldi and Mallow were doing it because there's a school nearby. Now, there are a lot of young people, particularly lunchtime, congregate and after school congregate in there and they can fill up the store. And there was one one lady, a pensioner, who said she finds it very intimidating and she's left the store and tries to make sure that she does her shopping there when she knows that there's not going to be school children around. Anyway, we got on to Aldi to find out what's actually happening. Now, they've only commented on the Aldi store, so I don't know if this is going nationwide. And they say that their priority is to ensure that all shoppers have an enjoyable and a positive experience while shopping at our stores. And they point out that there are two schools as close neighbours to the Mallow store. So at certain times when the store is particularly busy, it is necessary to restrict and manage the number of shoppers entering the store at that the same time. And it's done to ensure that the customers are comfortable while shopping. So I take it from that it isn't an outright ban on young people and children entering the store. It's only going to be at certain times of the day if it gets very, very busy because I certainly made a point of going into Aldi yesterday and there certainly was school children from primary and secondary schools because I could tell by their uniforms and they were in there without parents but there wasn't that many in the store so it's only obviously when the store gets very busy they are going to restrict and manage the number of people entering there and they say they're doing it for the benefit of all customers. So thank you to Aldi for getting back to us on that one. And Irish Water have been on to say that repairs are ongoing to a burst water main and it is affecting water supply in the Laharan Cross area. And that's going to continue until about four o'clock today. So if you're in Laharan Cross and wondering why well, there's no water coming out of your tap, you had a burst in your area. And thank you to uh, more people who've been on about Ed Sheeran T-shirts because we had a grandmother trying to buy her granddaughter an Ed Sheeran T-shirt. Maureen said that the, she was in Bandon yesterday at the Riverview Shopping Centre and that the Element Clothing Store within the centre certainly had Ed Sheeran T-shirts. They had Ed Sheeran sweatshirts saying Ed Sheeran 
2022. And then Kitty in Ballyclaw says she's seen Ed Sheeran t-shirts in clothing shops in Mallow and in Charleville. And she says also to the listener to take a look at some uh, done stores may also have them as well. Because I know somebody else was saying that maybe Pennies would have them as well. So they are available, not just at the concert or somebody who was at the concert yesterday said that there's street vendors selling them on the way into the concert as well. Okay, some of your texts coming in on issues we've been addressing this morning. We were talking about Councillor Karen Coakley, who's now an independent councillor for West Cork because she has resigned from the Fine Gael party. Mary in Skibbereen, who is an old neighbour of Karen's, says Karen has a great heart and only wants to make West Cork a better place for all of us. She's a very positive lady who I feel, says Mary, will move to better ventures. And that's from from Karen's old neighbour, Mary in Skib. Thank you for that, uh, Mary. And then on the May Eve traditions, the May Day traditions, and a lot of them were to do with the sprinkling of holy water. And I was making the point that for a lot of the people, they would get the holy water from the previous Easter. And that's why people would get the Easter water. That's what they'd have nice, fresh holy water. And they'd be out bl- blessing their lands, we heard about, and blessing their animals. Michael says, Patricia, never underestimate the power of holy water. Something that was inside the door of every single house in the country when you walked in a little holy water font. I have to say, I still have a holy water font inside of my front door. Is it dry? Unfortunately, it is. Every now and again, I think of it and, and I have a bottle of holy water that I put into it. But I don't know how many houses have holy water fonts. But you're right, it was. It was every single home when you entered and you automatically put your finger into it. And you did it as you left the house as well. That would be my memory of it. But Michael, you're talking about an era where every house would have had um, a sacred heart not just the Sacred Heart picture, but the Sacred Heart lamp as well. And again, that's a tradition because not many people are practising Catholics, so you don't see as much of that today. But somebody else, when I was talking about the May altar, and does, does anybody still put up a May altar? This listener says, I still put up a May altar every year, and I do it for my little granddaughter, who's just five. She actually reminded me yesterday, because her mammy also does it in her house. This listener says, it's a pity to see so many of those traditions uh, falling away. And that's why four Folklore.ie and Michael Fortune, who I spoke to, just to, just as a reminder of a lot of those traditions and what I love about the Folklore.ie and what I love about chatting with Michael Fortune, a lot of these traditions and people will call them pishogues and superstitions, but many people say no, they're just traditions. They they differ from county to county in different parts of the country and that's what I find most fascinating about them that they there can be a different twist on all of them depending on what part of the country you are living in I would just be saddened to see them all go because they you know they're a part of our history I really that's why I love to see people like Michael Fortune who's a young teacher who's got a great passion for the old traditions and the cultures and trying to keep them alive so that we pass them on to future generations. And it was almost like when we spoke about the census and the time capsule and we were trying to get that across to people who were writing stuff in their time capsule, you know, to put in things that in a hundred years time we'll have the next future generations looking back saying, wasn't it bad that they did that a hundred years ago? And some of the traditions are a little bit like that. But for many people, they like to, to keep on the uh, traditions. And I, can, I'm, I can't get over the number of people 
who um, are saying that they, they still do a lot of the dishes, particularly people in rural areas. I can see, judging by the text coming in, many people in rural areas keep up the tradition that their parents and grandparents did as well, particularly the one on the blessing of the land on May Eve. We were talking about the railway line in West Cork with the Transport Minister Eamon Ryan ruling it out this week. John says, and that then led to us talking about the West Cork Connect, which is a commercial, fantastic commercial bus service in West Cork. John says, West Cork Connect, I agree with you, is a fantastic service. But what we need is the road to be upgraded, particularly from Enniskeen towards Bandon, where nothing has been done to that road, according to John. In some 50 years, the West Cork Railway line return is absolute nonsense, the notion of it. Road upgrades are much cheaper and will give you a much better return. And you'd be agreeing then with Eamon Ryan because when Eamon Ryan was asked about reinstating any kind of a rail line into West Cork, he ruled it out and saying it's it's bus corridors and bus routes that we need to be looking at. But but you were also right in your text, John, as was Christopher O'Sullivan, and I made the point as well. The roads need to be done up. If you're going to be putting more people onto buses and expecting more people to travel into very rural areas of West Cork, they do need to have a better roads and would it would of course it would be cheaper and will it give you a better return? Probably it will, but we need to get working on it and make sure that we upgrade all of those roads because we're constantly being told that public transport is the way forward. Thank you for your text, uh, John. And t- staying on bus drivers, but a different view about bus drivers. Morning to you, Patricia. I would like to voice an opinion on school bus drivers. I drive a school bus or a minibus and know as I'm approaching 70, I'll have to retire immediately on reaching my 70th birthday. Why? Because that's the rules of CIE. I can sit into that bus and drive anywhere I want with any number of passengers, but I won't be able to drive a school bus from the day of my 70th birthday. Isn't that very unfair? Yeah, and we've heard about that before and we've also heard about a problem with getting bus drivers and that issue has come up and I have to agree with you, it doesn't make any sense when the rules of the road state that you can still drive a bus after your 70th birthday but for whatever reason even the CIE decides that once you're 70 you can't be a school bus driver. I, I can't understand it at all. And I saw something uh, this week that the, the and I know the Road Safety Authority welcomed it that they've changed the people going for their driving licence from 70 to 75. Uh, people won't have to, you can get a 10 year licence now up to your 75th birthday. I don't know if it's in from now but they're certainly talking about bringing it in because up the rules at the moment is you can only get a, t- a 10 year driving licence up to your 70th birthday and then you have to get is it every three years after that and there's you know notes in from the doctor and forms to be filled in from the doctor so they changed that from 70 to 75 because people are living longer and the Road Safety Authority will tell you that older drivers are much safer drivers so I'm wondering with that rule changing will that affect bus drivers school bus drivers the fact that if you're 70 you don't have to renew until you're 75 so the licence you would get say you would get on your 65th birthday you'll be still able to use that same licence so I wonder will there be a change it's one of those things I think watch this space and then somebody else says Patricia would you please wish all the best of luck to people that are getting involved today in fundraising for the Make a Wish Foundation because today is World 
Make-A-Wish Day because of course we have our fabulous Make-A-Wish Foundation here but that's a worldwide organisation and of course all of the Make-A-Wish organisations they've one simple aim and it's to grant the wishes of children living with life-threatening illnesses people who are going through things like leukaemia brain tumours cystic fibrosis any type of uh, cancer and a wish then is granted uh, to bring just a little bit of magic to a child and a family who are really really battling at difficult times and over the years I would have been to Disneyland in Orlando in Florida and would have witnessed Make-A-Wish children from all over the world and the care and the love that they received because for many children their dream is to visit Disneyland and to the Make-A-Wish organisations all over the world uh, it's just one it's one of the it's not the only wish that children go for but I know it's one of the top uh, wishes and we have a fabulous organisation here the Make-A-Wish Foundation in Ireland so today is a very special day for them and there are many many people getting involved in fundraising because the 29th of April is World Make-A-Wish day so if you come across anybody doing any fundraising please be as generous as possible and good luck to everybody who's involved in that fundraising today 0818 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing community and business supports all across the county see corkcoco.ie now, would anybody like to help out the North Cork Knitters? Their project based at Lakela in Mallow are appealing for any spare knitting wool. It's for a project to knit hats, scarves and mittens for the homeless for the winter period. So they're going to knit right throughout the, the spring and summer and then they'll hand them all over to the homeless people as they head into the winter. If anybody has spare wool at home that you're no longer using, you can drop it into the Kayla for the in Mallow for the attention of Pauline. Buttervent GAA Club are presenting Johnny Brady in the Charleville Park Hotel tonight. Tickets are available at the door with proceeds going towards the refurbishment of the hall your support will be much appreciated bingo is on in Mallow GAA complex tonight 8.15 the jackpot is 2,700 euro in 48 calls uh, the lucky number prize is 400 euro all are welcome and all funds raised go to the running of the juvenile and senior teams at Mallow GAA and to the upgrade of the pitches within the complex and Bannon Hasek Community Development Association they are having a Kaylee in the Marion Hall tonight music is by Nelly O'Connor it's on from half past nine until half past twelve and admission is ten euro which includes tea and I've just spotted a text in from Theo Park to say Patricia would you mention that a rambling house session in Theo Park is on tomorrow night Saturday starts at eight come sing a song play a tune and just sit and relax refreshments will be served admission is just five euro also Michael Collins's band is playing in Theo Park tonight starting at half past nine with admission there 10 euro Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor home business farm life and health insurance cmig.ie have you a much loved pooch in your uh, house there's a really I love what the, seeing these surveys and reports that come out this one is from the Royal Veterinary College in the UK they analysed data from more than 30 
30,000 dogs that died between 2016 and 2020 and they were trying to calculate the average life expectancy and they went through all of the different breeds. If you have a little Jack Russell in your house then I do have a bit of good news for you because Jack Russells it seems have the longest life expectancy on average and these are obviously are average. Uh, uh, Jack Russell can expect to live for nearly 13 years on average and that's three times as long as some of the flat-faced dogs and it was the flat-faced dogs that came out as the dogs that die the, the youngest and they're the ones that are really you, you'll see a lot of them on social media with celebrities and stars particularly liking these flat-faced dogs that are the kind of the new the cool dogs uh, to have so the Royal Veterinary College hooked up with the National Taiwan University and the researchers found that after the Jack Russell the Yorkshire Terrier was the second longest living breed a Yorkshire Terrier on average will live for 12.5 years and Border Collies were in third place living for a, on average a little over 12 years but those dogs with the flat faces now they're the bulldogs and the pugs and I have to say that the type of dogs I don't particularly like and I'm fearful of insulting anyone that has a bulldog or a pug that's listening to me at the moment and would be raging that I said that. But they unfortunately have the shortest life expectancy according to this study. I mean, and this is a huge study when they looked at three 30,000 breeds of dogs. So it's a big, big uh, study. French Bulldogs. Now, French Bulldogs, David Beckham has a French Bulldog, as does the US singer Lady Gaga. They only live on average four and a half years. Pugs and English and American Bulldogs, they make it a little over seven years, but they are way, way behind the Jack Russell who lives close to 13 years on average and one of the uh, other more very popular breeds the Labradors they do well as well they're on average just over 12 years so the Jack Russell is the top of the list as the longest livers Uh, and I suppose this is important if you are replacing a much loved family dog because it's only when a much loved pet dies that you will know the bereavement that the family experience, it really is like losing a family member and it's only pet owners and somebody that's had an animal for quite a number of years are able to explain to you and talk about what the bereavement is like. I think to people who are not animal lovers and have never had a pet, they find it hard to understand that people can be so upset when a much-loved dog or a cat or indeed any other pet passes away, but people can be left totally, totally bereft. And then, of course, the big one is, do you replace the, the dog? How quick do you replace the cat or whatever whatever it is? So if people are thinking about replacing a much-loved animal, I suppose try to go for one that you know is you're going to get a lot of years out of. So Jack Russell's out on top. Yorkshire Terrier, Border Collie, Springer Spaniel does well as well, just a little under 12 years. And then the good old mongrel, the mixed breed, they reckon on average 11.8 years a mixed breed dog will last. The Labrador Retriever, little under 12 years. And then you're in, into your Staffordshire Bull Terrier, they they're, they live over 11 years. Cocker Spaniel is over 11, 11 years, as is a Shih Tzu. Just under 11 years then is your King Charles Spaniel. German Shepherds just over 10 years on average. The Boxers just over 10 years. And then coming in at 
under just under 10 years, nine and a half years are the Beagle and the Husky. And then you're, you're going down along the line, then you're not going to get many years out of a Chihuahua, an American Bulldog, a Pug, an English Bulldog. They are on average about seven and a half years. And then it is the French Bulldog with that very squashed up face. Uh, about 4.5 uh, years worth bearing in mind if you're choosing a new pet. Now, as we mentioned earlier, um, 35,000 fans are expected to go to Porky Cueve again this evening for the second of the Ed Sheeran concerts on Leaside. It is a multi-million euro boost to the local economy. Ed thrilled the crowds at the concert last night and fans retreated to a lot of the old favourites and some of the singer-songwriters' recent hits. These fans spoke to our news reporter, Mairead Tuik, who also went along, but she took time out to speak to some of the fans after the gig. It was an amazing concert. Um, I can't wait until he goes back to Cork again. It was just phenomenal. And he played some of his greatest songs. And the atmosphere is amazing. It's great to see big events back again. It's fantastic to see the events back again. And it was still like, if you weren't going kind of the distance and stuff, people were still staying back and you could send in your own little pod of people. So it was grand. Or you could get right up there and into the action. Like, so it was great crack. Oh, yeah, he was brilliant. He really performed very well. Oh, his encore was class. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was brilliant. Would you like to see him back in Cork again? Oh, bring him on next year or even before Christmas. I'd love to see it. Oh, I thought it was brilliant and the weather was fabulous, yeah. And it's great to see big events back in Cork and in general again, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Sure, this is the first one, no, I'd say, since, uh, since the lockdowns. Very nice to have uh, entertainment back in the city. It's my fourth time seeing him. I saw him in Dublin twice and Parky Queen the last time. So, yeah, I'm very excited. The music, the songs, like the lyrics, everything about him. It's just amazing. What's your favourite song if you pick one? Barcelona or Dive. They're my two favourites, but I love Visiting an Hour. It's from his new album. It's my favourite song on his new album. Than that day for Barcelona. He'll be back at concerts and getting out again. He appeals to everyone, I think. You know, everyone loves a bit of Ed Sheeran. He does fast songs, slow songs, so please everyone, yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's right. Everybody loves a bit of Ed Sheeran. If you're going along uh, this evening, enjoy. But as I say, bring the layers because it does get a bit cold. Of course, as soon as I mentioned dogs, I knew this was going to happen. I was going to get people contacting us saying how long their various dogs have uh, lived. Uh, hi, Patricia, my beautiful boy, a Bijan Freeze skipper passed away three months ago oh god uh, 16 years old and I miss him every day I'm heartbroken yeah that's exactly what I was talking about I can fully fully understand that it's really really difficult when I mentioned the Jack Russells lived the longer my Jack Russell Terrier lived until he was 17 Suzanne yeah the figure I was given are obviously just average figures you will but the Jack Russell seemed really do seem to be long livers Hi Patricia, pugs are very cross dogs and can be a great danger to babies and children especially the mixed breed ones these are the designer ones that they call a chug so what's a chug? That's a mix between a pug and a what? What's the J? Is it a Jack Russell? I don't know what the mix is there. Uh, tell people to be very aware, wary of those. But then Avril says, Patricia, I have a little black pug. He'd nearly talk to you. He's so adorable. Sleeps and eats and all he wants. Lots and lots of cuddles. Have a great weekend. And same back to you, Avril. Thank you for that. And then somebody's asked me to wish, I know we don't often play requests, but this is for Kyla 
Marillion from our little village of Kilbritton taking part in Miss Cork tomorrow night at the Metropole Hotel. I am so proud of her, says her mammy, as is her nana and all of the family. Win, lose, or draw, it doesn't matter. It's an honour for her to be part of all of the beautiful girls taking part. Can we wish good luck to everybody taking part in Miss Cork tomorrow night? Cork today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. With some movie suggestions for us, our movie reviewer Mark Malone. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi, Patricia. And this week you watched the Batman movie and the Nan movie. Let's take a quick trailer from the Batman movie. This continues. It won't be long before you've nothing left. I don't care what happens to me. You're not so different. Who are you under there? I'm vengeance. Oh, whistles and bells there. Dare I ask, how, how, what number Batman movie is this? Oh, well, it's the first of this lot. Okay. Uh, let me put it that way, I suppose. You know, I mean, we had the Dark Knight trilogy, I suppose, with uh, uh, Christopher Nolan a couple of years ago. And then before that, we have the Tim Burton movies directed by uh, Michael Keaton. So this will be the first of a trilogy, I do believe. They've already announced that there will be a sequel to this, even though it only made about 200, well, when I say only, for a Batman movie, uh, $200 million worldwide. Isn't that great enough for them to uh, announce a, a sequel to this? Um, and, uh, you know, the reason why it, 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 it didn't make a huge amount of money because of the pandemic, not because it's not a very good movie, uh, because it is. I mean, it is a, it's a terrific film and um, it's probably the best and the, the Batman that I've enjoyed most over the years because my problem with the Michael Keaton Batman all those years ago was that he was kind of a bit kind of wimpy, you know, and I didn't really like that uh, Batman particularly very much. And I remember in the second Batman, uh, the Michael Keaton film, like because they had Gotham City was basically a big set. There's a kind of a car chase in that film and it's the slowest car chase you have ever seen in your life. It really is very, very slow uh, because they couldn't go over about 10 miles an hour because they were on set and uh, I think I also got the impression that Tim Burton when he made those uh, films with Michael Keaton that he seemed to be more interested in the bad guys than um, than Michael Keaton then came the Dark Knight trilogy with Christopher Nolan I did like them I just thought that uh, they were at times extraordinarily violent uh, the Dark Knight is a very good example for example um, I mean Keith, Heath Ledger in that film kills a man with a pencil at one stage I, it's just I, absolutely yeah, horrible I remember watching that movie that actually disturbed me that movie did it was a very good movie, but but yeah, but the problem is, of course, that parents took their kids along to the Batman movie, and then, of course, the children were horrified by uh, some of the levels of violence. The interesting thing about this film is when you consider over the last couple of years, there's been a kind of a turn towards making films more violent and more gory, um, you know, that kind of uh, Deadpool kind of uh, uh, way of making filmmaking. This doesn't actually do that. And at one stage, I watched this with my daughter and she turned to me, she said, do you notice they're not showing any of the gore? And I said, yes, I did notice that, which is actually a really, really good thing. I mean, it is violent, don't get me wrong, but it's not super violent. It's not over the top violent uh, in, in, uh, in my opinion. And the good thing, of course, is that it just goes to prove that you don't need that level of violence because it has been very, very well received and people do think that this is terrific. I think it's absolutely fabulous, Patricia. I really do. And I was just completely taken aback and in shock at just how well this film looks and how well it's directed. It's directed by a man by the name of Matt Reeves. Now, 
he has made some of my favorite films over the past 10 15 years he made the planet of the apes films for example I, which i thought were were absolutely terrific and he's a fabulous director and you can see that you can see there's beauty in every single shot on screen here you know that he's thought about it i mean nothing is kind of simple with him and that's actually a good thing he's very very he's very very inventive director nobody just simply walks into a room he finds new ways of moving the camera and cutting in such a way that it makes just a character walking into a room seem really, really exciting and new and inventive. And that's what I loved about it. So the film looks extraordinary. Uh, mind you, this is a Gotham City, mind you, where it, it rains an awful lot. The film is constantly filmed at nighttime. I think there's one daytime shot in the whole film. So it's all about, in fact, um, I think my daughter made a very interesting point. She said that this director is a director that has seen the con comics and understands the comics because that's the impression that I got as well. That what he was trying to do is recreate the artwork of the comics and also some of the script i mean the script kind of sounds a bit clunky at times but it's that kind of comic kind of conversation and writing uh, you know that they use in the comics and uh, and i love that about it as well everybody is terrific in it of course the internet went crazy when we heard that robert pattinson was going to be in the role because you know that's what social media does now they also did it of course with daniel craig before he was born they said oh mm. no we can't have a blonde bond and you look how successful that is um Robert Patterson is absolutely terrific. He really is. I mean, we, he showed in The Lighthouse what a fine actor he is. I mean, behind that mask, and he wears the mask a lot. Those two eyes are just constantly glaring at you. And, um, and that was terrific to watch. Um, also in the film is um, Colin Farrell. He plays the Penguin. Now, you probably heard and maybe read about it. He's kind of under huge amounts of layers of latex, so he doesn't look yeah. at all like Colin Farrell. Yeah, people said it's, 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 it's hard to even pick out that it is Colin Farrell. And it's kind of the thing that I don't particularly like very much. I'd rather they just, you know, hired an actor that looked like the character rather than all of that. But he is very good. He is terrific. And I think he's getting, I believe, he's getting a spin-off um, as the Penguin on HBO Max. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is great as Catwoman. Paul Dano is terrific as the Riddler. I mean, it's it, from start to finish. And, Patricia, this film is three hours long. Oh, oh that's a long movie. And at no stage, Patricia, and it just goes to show just what a good director and, and editor this man is. I didn't notice the time going. And you know me. I'm always going on. I'm always complaining about long movies. But I didn't notice the time because I was just enthralled by how beautiful and how amazing this film is. It really is terrific. And I was genuinely surprised because, you know, I've been disappointed over the years with uh, the Batman movies. And um, and this certainly did not leave me down. I thought it was extraordinary. OK, so that's the uh, the Batman. Mark it out of 10. You're going to go for 10. I would have given it a 10, ah. but there is a sequence. There, there's a kind of a car chase sequence in the middle, which isn't very well done. And I get the impression that maybe the director didn't do that. And it was the second unit director who directed that scene because it, it because it's, it's very difficult. Thing, and who's who and what's what. So because of that, I'm taking a point off it. But yeah, I will nine give it a good ten. Nine. Now, your second movie, and I'm really interested to hear your views on this, uh, is the Nan movie. Now, this is Catherine Tate. Uh, can I say I am a fan of Catherine Tate, the programme. And when mm -hmm. I realised and heard that she was making a movie, I thought, oh, my God, how is this going to work on, on the big screen? How is this going to make the transition from TV screen to movie? It's a little bit like everyone's shouting for the Derry Girls to be made into a movie. And you kind of think, oh, God, don't ruin something that's so good. So I will declare I'm a fan of Catherine Tate. What is the movie like? 
Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So the thing about it, the thing about uh, Catherine Tate is, I too think she's terrific, and I think she's very, very talented. And I think that, and I've always loved the character of Nan because a lot of us have, let's face it, Nans like this, maybe. <laughs> and and not necessarily we, can Nans, I say? Can I say relatives. we? We dream one day of being that Nan who just <laughs> says whatever she wants to say. <laughs> and that's what's terrific about the character of Nan. I mean, she's sweary, uh, she's racist, she's homophobic, she's all of these things, you know. Of course, not to people's faces. To people's faces, of course, she's always really polite and very, very nice. Once that door closes, she just starts, you know. Uh, but what this film, is, it tries to address why she is the way she is and why she's so cynical and why she's the way she is. And But unfortunately, it, it doesn't work. Like historically, an awful lot of television uh, uh, programmes that go to movies, they just simply doesn't work from a 30 minute kind of or even the case of Nan a kind of a five minute sketch to then kind of um, make it into an hour and a half film it just simply doesn't work and unfortunately here it doesn't either the interesting thing if you go on to um, IMDB there's no director uh, listed and it was directed by a woman by the name of Josie Rourke she has taken her name off 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 the movie in the past you, she, it would have been titled an Alan Smithy film, which was a name kind of a uh, that they used to use way in the past when the director wanted his or her name taken off the film. Well, basically what happened was they wrote a story, as I say, to show what happened to Nan back in the 40s uh, during the war, why she tried to kind of be the kind of cynical creature that she turned out to be. And it turned out back in the 40s, she and her sister were fell in love with the same man, uh, an American GI, and she believed that her sister took him away from her, which then unfortunately destroyed their relationship. She gets a letter from her sister. She says, I'm not well. She's living in an, an island off Ireland, which is kind of a running joke throughout the whole film. And she doesn't want to go and see her. But basically, her grandson um, kind of, in a very, very clever kind of a way, managed to kind of smuggle her across the Irish Sea to kind of go and see uh, her sister. The original cut of the film, apparently, though, there's a lot of flashbacks back to the 40s. And the original cut of the film um, concentrated mainly on those flashbacks, where basically it's it's a kind of a serious drama. And which is very odd. And because you want to hear Nan, you want Nan to be drinking too much. And you want to Nan kind the of making jokes lines. about bodily functions. Yeah. And so when, yeah, so when it does switch to the 40s, it's a bit odd. It's it's a, it's very odd. So basically what happened was the, the, the investors saw the film, they turned to the director and said, this is not what we wanted. We want more Nan and less of the 40s. So they took all of that stuff out. And what they basically then, they realized they only had about an hour and 10 minutes of a film there because they took all of that out. They then introduced a lot of very poor animation. And the animation is very strange. It looks like it's done by a student with a kind of a dodgy computer. And so basically then, what happened was the film then became just just this mess of a thing. It's just all over the shop. It doesn't know where it's going or what it wants to be. There's even even when they come to Ireland, they meet up with a kind of a, a militant vegan who wants to bomb Irish farms and stuff. It's just nonsense. And it's just all over the place. There's about two good jokes in the whole film, unfortunately. But yes, I wanted to see more Nan and less of the 40s stuff. And uh, you didn't get yeah, it. It's, it's very poor. That is hugely, hugely disappointing, can I say. OK, so, so, yeah. so can you mark that out of 10 for us? Well, you know, when Nana's on screen, it's it's pretty good fun, you know, and Catherine Tate is great. So two, 
points maybe Ooh, I'm to mark okay, this probably one of the lowest you've ever given alright listen we leave it there Mark thank you for that and have a lovely thank week you. and uh, we'll chat next week that is uh, Mark Malone our uh, movie reviewer now a couple of uh, texts coming in on the when I mentioned pets and the age the pets live for from that veterinary uh, study I knew I'd get mentions of others and we're talking about the loss of I lost my beloved pooch on Easter Sunday. I'm still heartbroken. Somebody asked this petition, was there any mention of St. Bernard's? No, St. Bernard's was, was not mentioned. Obviously, they were basing it on this 30,000. So I don't know how many St. Bernard's would have died during that period of time. But no, there's no, there's no St. Bernard's, unfortunately, on that list. Hi, Patricia. My collie was 15 years of age. And my spritz slash palm was 12. I had to put both of them to sleep. They were both rescue dogs. And I can honestly, hand and heart, say was absolutely heartbroken. And I buried my two boxer dogs last year. I did not get one since one of the boxer dogs was only four. And that ties in with what this report says, that the boxer dogs are sort of way, uh, well, they say 10 years on average in this particular study. So you didn't get very long out of yours. So thank you uh, for people who are sending those. In now, a couple of mentions before I leave you, and I know they're underway. But just to, for anybody who's involved with the Clonakilty Cycling uh, Club, can we remind you? Because we spoke with Anthony O'Donovan uh, during the week. They are today embarking on this mammoth challenge. They are cycling from Malinhead to Mizzenhead. Today is day one, 616 kilometres in uh, total. And they're doing it, of course, it is a fundraiser for the Irish Community Air Ambulance. So just to wish them all of the very best of luck. And if you're in Mizzen on Monday, that's when they're expected back in. And you can donate to their fundraising at idonate.ie, Clonakilty Cycling Club, Mallon the number two mism. But I just want to wish them all the very best of luck. And also we spoke during the week with Lisa Cronin, who is sister of Michael Cronin, as she said, even though to his friends he's known as Mick uh, Cronin. And Mick, of course, had that devastating accident at work last November that has left him uh, paralysed um, almost from the shoulders down. It's a really devastating, catastrophic injury. He's currently in the National Rehabilitation Hospital in Dunleary. Big fundraisers underway because obviously when he comes home they need to do adaptation around the house, etc. And there is fundraiser happening this Sunday. It's the Michael Cronin Tractor Vintage Car Run and it is taking place in Kiskane and they're asking people to meet at 12 noon in the GAA grounds. If you have a tractor or a vintage car and you'd like to get involved please uh, go along and actually Sunday weather wise is meant to be a particularly good day over the weekend so we wish everybody good luck and we continue to send good luck and healing to Mick Cronum. Okay that's where I leave you for today. If you're going to the Ed Sheeran concert tonight enjoy. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon enjoy your bank holiday weekend and we'll talk to you Tuesday Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group want great advice? you know who to talk to cmig.ie a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.